Attention all grandmas, grandpas, nanas, and pop-pops. Bingo is not just for you anymore. Introducing Cerrito Bingo. It's a modern twist on a classic game for everyone to enjoy. Play 10 exciting rounds of free bingo every week at locations all over the Memphis area. For more info, visit CerritoBingo.com. Cerrito Bingo is the game-o. Now play Cerrito Bingo every Monday night at the Casual Pint Highland Row, every Friday night at the Memphis Made Tap Room, and every Sunday fun day at Laughlin Yard. Dustin Five Star here letting you know that Memphis Wrestling is back in its old time slot every Saturday at 11 a.m. Instead of turning on your TV, tune in your radio to Cerrito Live on Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. It's the only radio show in Memphis that brings you wrestling talk every single week. Listen to me and my tag team partner, Kay Cerrito, talk pro wrestling on the radio with some of the biggest names in the industry during the Cerrito Live Wrestling Hour. Guarantee you never miss a show by listening on demand at CerritoLive.com or find us wherever you get your podcasts and take that subscribe button to Slap City. Live from Flynn Broadcasting in Memphis, Tennessee, it's time for Cerrito Live. Here's your host, Kevin Cerrito. Yo, what's going on, Memphis? It is September 16th. I'm CJ Hurt, by the way. If it's September and I'm filling in, that must mean it's Cooper Young weekend. Kevin Cerrito is Kicking it at the Cooper Young Fest. Lucky, lucky, lucky devil. Also, I don't know if you heard this or not, there is a college football game in the area of interest. Yeah, that's right, UCLA, Memphis. It's about to kick off here in about 55 minutes. This is the unofficial, the most unofficial of unofficial pregame shows for the Memphis Tiger football team. Today, we got a lot of great stuff going on. It will be Tiger football heavy in the first hour. You know why? Because UCLA is in town. It's a big game. We have John Stacy coming on here in a second. He will be joining us. John Stacy of the Blue and Gray Show, which is on this very station, Sports 56 and 87.7 FM every Sunday during football season. They'll be on tomorrow from 5 to 7. John Stacy will join us here momentarily. And don't fret, wrestling fans. I know y'all love to talk some wrestling. We're going to talk wrestling. Kevin and Dustin, they will discuss wrestling, the biggest news from the wrestling world at 11 o'clock, as they always do. But let's hop right on into this Tiger conversation. Like I said, John Stacy of the okay. Blue and Gray Show is joining us now. John is down at Tiger Lane, right? Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. As a matter of fact, I jumped in the car in the, uh, let me do my sponsor plug here. I'm in the Wolf Chase Honda CRV Mobile Studios. Um, <laughs> nice. That's the official title of my car. Um, I just got through talking to Lou Jones and Stephen Marquis and wow. John Doucette. They're worked up for the game. Uh, they're going to come in and do the show here in a couple of weeks. But before I even talk about the game, i got to tell you this, because this is something you did not know. I, in the late 90s, did a show on 56 and a couple other stations called the Sunday Night Slam. Oh, really? We, we, we had the who's who of pro wrestling on our show. Uh, I even had Randy Macho Man Savage in studio with me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> One of the quietest, soft-spoken human beings you'll ever meet in your life. I would not uh, think that. Oh, yeah. He's a great guy. Loved him to death, man. He's... He, he, he was a really good one, man. Um, uh, but it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, you look that up. I think there's still a few things. I even got a couple of T-shirts still around. Oh, nice. Uh, uh, let, let me dive right into this because there's like eight million things going on. <laughs> do not wear, first of all, if you're coming out here, do not wear a freaking orange jersey. I don't want to see anybody with an orange jersey. I've seen too, too many of them today. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the number two, too many of them. Um and I noticed that I'm really old because the girls are starting to wear less and less. Um, it's that kind of day out here on Tiger Lane. It's a beautiful uh, day, man. It's the weather's oh, great for football. After after the last excursion of a football game we had <laughs> out of here, this is heaven. I heard it was a little wet out there. Uh, I'm still wet in parts of it, <laughs> so you know it is what it is. Look for the Tigers to run the football today. Uh, early, often, and regularly.
regular. Uh, UCLA gave up six yards of carry to both Hawaii and A and M. Now, now John, that a John, you That's say you say look for them to run the ball, and I understand yep. that that you want to establish the run, but will they be effective? And by effective, I'm not talking you know four yards, five yards here or there. I'm talking oh, no, like momentum changing effective. They're gonna bust long ones today. Yeah, well, that's what these backs are done. I mean, you're four deep, and and as I just was talking about with some former players, you're four deep, and the damn uh, Dorsius is probably the worst of the four, and that's saying something. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got breakaway speed in Pollard, Henderson, and Patrick Taylor Jr., and Dorsius can break the long one, too. Yeah, Hen- Henderson so, had, what, two runs of 50-plus yards last game? Yeah. Didn't Didn't uh, – Taylor Jr. have a couple as well? He had one. Okay. And, and then, you know, you, you, Dorsius can do it. He was a little dinged up for game one. And then Tony Pollard, do I need to explain this speed? No, I think uh, everybody has seen that. But, you know, Pollard's my barber. Is he uh, now? Yeah, last year we had a, I had a, a bet with Coach Norvell that if they returned the kick for a touchdown, the special teams would shave my head. <laughs> now, you remember how long my hair was. I do remember. I do remember. Well, well, my bet with um, – I now have an agreement, I won't call it a bet, with Tony Pollard. If he returns two in a game, he gets to do it again. Oh, nice. Nice. Well, here's hoping I see you ball Tony, hit it on my Tony, Tony is a 100% sure he will do that. All right. I like There's that no confidence. There's no doubt in that young man's mind. All right, so uh, we're talking about the run game. Let's stay on that for right. just a second. If the Tigers okay. get up early, right – if they get up 10 points early, are they just going to lean heavily on the no. run to try and keep Rosen on the sideline? Let me, let me ask you this. They scored 77 points last year against Bowling Green. Is there anything in Mike Norvell's DNA do you think that will sit on it? No, I, I definitely don't think that. And Mike Norvell is a great and, coach. Right. And he and, and I, I would love to give UCLA a lot of credit for that comeback, but that was as much as, as A&M screwing it up as it was at UCLA coming back. I mean, I I don't want to be hypercritical of them, but that's the truth. They had three drives in which A&M had the ball a total of a minute and 13 seconds. Mm -hmm. They were throwing passes and and killing the clock, and that's in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So if you you just take three minutes off the clock in those three drives, guess what doesn't happen? Come back. You don't lose. Yeah. Exactly. So – it's one of those things where I'd love to give them the credit for that, but it was much as A and M as it was UCLA. And yeah. and uh, my buddy Rip, uh, he, I, I have not spoken to him about that. <laughs> I'm not going. To. <laughs> well, your but, buddy, your buddy Rip. Let's stay on Rip for a second. He's coaching one of the premier tight ends in the nation, in Caleb Wilson. Right, 15 catches yeah. in that A and M game was a school record. Yeah. Great blocker, yep. more than competent in the passing game. To call him oh, a yeah. safety valve or a comfort blanket or anything like that does him a grave disservice. Is there anybody on this Memphis defense who can keep up with him one-on-one, or is this going to be yeah, a team I, effort? I still say the linebacking core, uh, even with the dings, is still as, as fast as, as we've had. Um, I really like this linebacking core. Uh, Sharif White, uh, Denard Avery, uh, really good, really good, solid players. Um I think the key is going to be pressure on Rosen. I think he hit him a couple of times. He, he, it's like he showed in the, in the early in the A and M game, and they quit getting pressure on him. And once they quit getting pressure on him, everything changed. Yeah. So you've got to you've got to play aggressive with him, and you got to go after him. And um, if you keep doing that, then everything will turn out just fine. It's a little tough to uh, go after him with Duke Calhoun. Uh, not Duke Calhoun, excuse me, Jonathan Wilson, excuse me. Jonathan Wilson being out because of the, the targeting play, right? Yeah, well, that's for one half. Okay. <laughs> it, it is for one half. I, I will concede it, it, yeah. that. So, I mean, I mean, there's a lot of variables in this game. Um, I was listening to uh, uh, the national guys, and it's, it's about a 50-50 split on who they're picking. Uh, I, I, you don't know what Memphis is. Uh, the only time you've seen Memphis is in a driving rainstorm where you cannot judge what the Memphis passing game is under no circumstances from that game. None. There's no way that you can go, okay, Memphis, the receivers can do this and this and this. You still have one of the premier wide receivers in college football 
wearing blue today, and 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 Anthony Miller, and people have forgotten about Anthony Miller. Well, they'll get a reminder today. Um, if they have to start, especially if UCLA has to start coming up and play single coverage on him, uh, one of the nicknames around around uh, the American for Anthony Miller is UG. You know what that means? I'm sure you don't Unguardable. Really? Unguardable, yes. Uh, I mean, if you think about it, the South Florida game last year ended on an obviously obvious pass interference game mm-hmm. and, and that, that wasn't called. So, Will, I expect the Tigers to, to, to explode. I'm not disrespecting um, UCLA. I don't want it to come across that way, but uh, it will be. It, 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 this, will, this will be about us not turning the ball over. We don't turn the ball over, we'll be fine. Talking with John uh, Stacy. Confidence the- is sexy. I'm Brad Pitt. <laughs> Talking to John Stacy of the Blue and Gray Show. You can listen to him tomorrow from 5 to 7 right here on Sports 56 yeah, and 877. Joe Joe Dawson house tomorrow night. Nice, nice. So let's. I want to go back to something you said a little bit earlier about national pundits. It's about a fifty-fifty split, right? Some people right. are taking mm-hmm. UCLA. About half right. of them are taking Memphis. It, it right. just doesn't feel like a matchup of your typical Power Five versus Group of Five team, right? It feels no. like there's something different. It feels like it's a battle of peers. Why does it feel yeah. that way? Because Memphis's offensive explosion. Uh, Memphis, Memphis can score on you in 30 seconds, mm-hmm. uh, more so than most other teams in the country. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if you're able to blow down the field in, in two plays, uh, you know you have to start. You have to start giving respect to that. Uh, defensively, um, you know everybody going well. They gave up. The, you do realize that the biggest offense, one of the biggest offensive lines that we will see all year, Louisiana Monroe had. Oh really? They I were didn't know that. Three twenty-five to three thirty-five across the board. Mm-hmm. That was one of the largest offensive lines we will see all year, <laughs> and and of course nobody noticed. Uh, we also played twenty-nine guys on defense in that game. Twenty-nine. That's about seven more than you normally do. Right. So, I mean, they they used anybody and everybody, uh, and and and. I, you don't really know what Memphis is right now. That's the that. I guess there was one saving grace from my eighteen and a half hour drive home last week because we didn't play a game in Central Florida, and we don't know what we got. <laughs> so, uh, and neither do they. So, yes, I drove straight home from Florida last week, and it was eighteen and a half hours to get home. Well, I'm glad you got out of there before the hurricane came through. Oh yeah. Oh, I was not. That was going to happen. <laughs> uh, but there's nothing like driving um, all the way to Tampa, Florida, and then as soon as you uh, you you lay down and go to sleep, the phone starts ringing, people telling you that the game's been canceled. Right. That'll put you in a really good mood. Oh, I can only imagine. <laughs> well, but uh, I think I, we will be fine. Um, I, I I I look for us to score some points today, and, and it'll, it's going to fall about what the defense does. Right. Uh, but. And you need to tell Cerritos if he wants to talk wrestling, he can give me a call. I, Mr. Stacy, John, you know I will. You know I'll uh, tell him give you a call. I, I actually did that show for about five years. Oh, okay. So, but uh, I had fun with it. We had some good time. Um, uh, but right now, a drunk monkey could write better than what's going on in the WWE. So. <laughs> what's your issue? Just off topic, real quick. We're talking with John oh, Stacy of the Blue and Gray Show. Horrible. Listen to him tomorrow, five to seven. John, specifically, let's take a break, real quick, and talk about what your issue is with the writing for WWE right now. It's just—it's so predictable. Mm-hmm. Okay, now let me ask you this: you you watch wrestling most of your life? I watched it I, I, early childhood. Okay. okay. <clears throat> Since when does a one performer get to sue another performer because he hit him? I don't know. <laughs> but that's the big thing last week. Uh, duh. So <laughs> yeah, come on. I mean, they're they're about as original as as, as the Kardashians. <laughs> and uh, it, it's just sad. It's just sad. CJ, I, I know, I know, I was going to give you about twenty, but it's going nuts around here. I can only imagine. Real quick, and, before and you get I off need the phone, to get my butt inside. What's the atmosphere like? Just describe the oh, atmosphere it's for amazing. me. Uh, Tiger Lane is packed. 
there's a ton of former players out here. Like I said, I was just hanging and talking with uh, Moo Jones and John Doucette and um, uh, Stephen Joaquin. There's another one of those stupid orange jerseys. <laughs> um, I didn't think their mothers would treat them better. You, you would uh, think that. But you know how you spell UT, right? W E T E A. That's their favorite <laughs> drink and favorite date. <laughs> so, if, if you can't figure it out, you're probably a Tennessee fan. Probably. So, <laughs> uh, but let me let you go, and uh, uh, we'll we'll talk this week, bro. All right, John. Thank you for joining us. I'm glad to do it. That was John Stacy of the Blue and Gray Show. You can listen to him right here on Sports 56, 87.7 FM tomorrow from 5 to 7. A lot of good stuff from John. And you can hear just the excitement in his voice and the passion that he has for the Memphis Tigers football program. That's why we wanted to have him on. He's down there. If you're listening down there, I'm sure you're breaking down, getting ready to walk into the stadium. If you're on your way down there, you're probably going to be waiting around for a minute because not only is it Memphis versus UCLA, this week today it is also cooper young fest this week today so that that little block that little mile and a half radius is going crazy right now and austin and i are sitting in the sports 56 studio it's fine it's cool i can't be there physically but i'm there spiritually all up in that area if you want to text me and tell me how much fun you're having either at the ucla memphis game or at Cooper Young Fest, you can do so. 67129. 67129 is the text line. You can text us or you can tweet me. I'm at Conradicalness and let me know what you think about Memphis' chances against UCLA. Stacy brought John Stacy brought up a lot of good points. He did. And it doesn't feel like it's your prototypical group of five versus power of five matchup. It feels like a battle of peers. It feels like people are not going to be shocked. If Memphis wins, I'm not saying Memphis is expected to win. I am saying that they won't be shocked if Memphis wins. You take your average everyday college football fan, you stick them in bed this tonight, don't let them watch any college football, wake them up on Sunday, say, hey, Memphis beat UCLA. They'll probably wake up and look at you and say, yeah, I kind of figured they would. That Memphis football team is really rolling. And to think about where this program is now, as opposed to where it was just five years ago, it is in a great spot. And UCLA, that UCLA game on the road that nobody could watch, but we all were on Twitter getting updates about a couple years back, that really kicked off this era. John uh, Justin Fuente was a head coach. They go out to UCLA. Nobody can watch it because it's on the Pac-12 network, and nobody here has the Pac-12 network, conference networks, man. I, I could go all day about them, but I'm not. I'm not. Pac-12 network, can't watch it. Maybe one or two places in the city you could watch it at and everybody's just glued to Twitter like is Memphis going to pull off this upset Memphis fell just short but that was maybe and and I know it's not a win but maybe the biggest win of that era was that UCLA game because it bred excitement into the program it bred confidence into the program it got people paying attention like you know what this program could be special. It got more support out there for Memphis football. And it showed those players and the people within the program, hey, we got something special here rolling. Let's keep up the good work. And we go on and we see Memphis knock off Houston last year. Ranked Houston. Houston, who, by the way, last year demolished Oklahoma and sacked Lamar Jackson 11 times for Louisville. Right, Heisman Trophy winner and knocked off Louisville as well. Memphis went, knocked them off. And don't forget, two years ago, they knocked off Ole Miss, a ranked Ole Miss team in Liberty Bowl Memorial Stadium, right? Memphis has been good in this position since 2014. They have that underdog, that scrappy underdog that people are kind of overlooking. They, they're they 6-2 in nationally televised games since 2014. Wins over Ole Miss, wins over a good Houston team, a good BYU team. Right? That BYU game probably should count as two wins because they wanted to fight as well. But I'm not saying, I'm just saying. That's all. So you're looking at this Memphis program who shows up prime time. They sneak up on people, but they're not going to be able to sneak up anymore because we expect them to go out there and win these games, right? I, let me not say expect. Let me take expect back. We're not shocked when they go out there and win these games, right? They go out there 
they can't sneak up on people. Boise State can't sneak up on people. Western Michigan last year can't couldn't sneak up on people. They snuck up on Oklahoma State, and that was it. Right? Once you get good as a group of five team, teams don't overlook you anymore. Stanford is on the horizon. Stanford looms large for UCLA. It is a Pac-12 conference game. It is UCLA's chance to knock off one of the premier teams in the Pac-12 North. But they know good and damn well that if they don't show up to play today, they will lose this contest. And so they're not going to look over Memphis. They're not. You got Mike Norvell over on the sideline, and he's done a great job here, you know, taking the baton from Justin Fuente and continuing to keep the momentum going with this University of Memphis football program. And he's coached against UCLA. He's coached against Jim Moore. He has, as the offensive coordinator at Arizona State, he came up with great schemes to take advantage offensively of UCLA's defense. And that is a huge advantage for the Memphis Tigers in this particular matchup. Another advantage, John mentioned it, Nobody knows what to expect from Memphis. We can't bay. We I can't judge anything. I can't make any judgments about Memphis based on the rainstorm game. And they didn't play last week because of the hurricane. So if I don't know what they are or who they are or how they'll line up third and short, third and long, that type stuff, how can how can UCLA? Now they've got film from last year, but the beautiful thing about college football is Last year's film really doesn't mean a whole lot because it's a completely different set of characters with different skill sets most times. Yeah, everybody has their tendencies. Every coach has a system to run. But still, still, if you don't know what the personnel is doing or what the personnel's strength and weaknesses are, if you're assuming those things, you don't feel necessarily as confident in your decisions as a coach. And it could lead to some extra thinking, some second guessing on UCLA's behalf that could really benefit the Tigers. They, We don't know what they are. More importantly, or just as important, we don't know who Riley Ferguson is at this point. We We saw what he did. He was a star last year, one of just 18 players, one of just 18 you heard me. 18 quarterbacks in the FBS to average over 280 yards passing per game last year. Now, again, it's the rainstorm this year. You know he's itching to get back out there after that game. Ball is heavy because it's wet. Ball is slippery because it's wet. Ball is going all over the place because of the wind. So we really didn't get to see him air it out to the to his full capability. It's beautiful outside. I looked outside. I stepped out. I got up this morning at like 5 to get to the station. I'll let you know. But I went outside when the sun came up just to see what it felt like. It feels amazing outside. This, everybody says this is perfect football weather. But no, seriously, this is great football weather. And if you're a quarterback with Riley Ferguson's capabilities, if you're a quarterback with the weapons that Ferguson has, you've got to be chomping at the bit to get out there and show what you can do. It is nationally televised. It is Ferguson against Josh Rosen. He wants to go out there, or he should want to go out there, and really show everybody in college football, listen, I know I struggled struggled that first game, but that was only because of the rain. Don't get it twisted. Don't forget. Everybody want to act like they forgot about Ferguson, man. You know? And so you want to get out there, if you're Ferguson, and really – take advantage of UCLA. I know everybody's focused on this run game because it's it's bad for UCLA. It is awful for UCLA. But don't forget about Riley. And that's crazy to think that I have to remind people not to forget about Riley Ferguson because he has been really good through, what, 13 games last season? Don't forget about him. And Memphis, if they're going to win today, He's going to have to have a big game, and he is going to have to outperform Josh Rosen. I know that's crazy to say because Josh Rosen is a stud, but he is going to have to outperform Josh Rosen if Memphis has a chance to win. Again, the text line is 67129. Text line is wide open. You guys can shoot me a tweet on Twitter as opposed to a tweet on something else, I guess. So shoot me a tweet at Conradicalness on the Twitter. 
We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk more about the Memphis Tigers versus UCLA matchup right here on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. Attention all grandmas, grandpas, nanas, and pop-pops. Bingo is not just for you anymore. Introducing Cerrito Bingo. It's a modern twist on a classic game for everyone to enjoy. Play 10 exciting rounds of free bingo every week at locations all over the Memphis area. For more info, visit CerritoBingo.com. Cerrito Bingo is the game-o. Now play Cerrito Bingo every Monday night at the Casual Pint Highland Row, every Friday night at the Memphis Made Tap Room, and every Sunday fun day at Laughlin Yard. Now, back to Cerrito Live on Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. Welcome back. No Kevin Cerrito today. CJ Hurt filling in for Cerrito Live. It is September, like I said earlier, and I'm filling in. You know that means it's Cooper Young Fest week, and you know that's where Kevin is. All my friends are probably there, right? Love the Cooper Young Festival. I think I snuck through once. I've never really experience the fullness of the Cooper Young Fest because Brother Sarita always takes off and asks if I want to fill in. It's like, yeah, I want to fill in. Got to get the reps, baby. Dustin's down there. Kevin. I'm sure Kevin Leip is there. Katrina Coleman is probably there. I think Gil Worth might be there from the OAM Network. Like all of my, Everybody I know probably is down there having a great time. And if thank you guys for listening if you're on your way to Cooper Young Fest or to the UCLA-Memphis game, the Memphis-UCLA game. Thank you all for listening right here on Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. I do appreciate it. Had a chance. I love Midtown, right? I love the, the I guess, are we calling them hipsters? I'm, I'm going to call them hipsters. I love the hipsters in Midtown, man. It's, it's just something about it that, that just makes me feel warm and fuzzy on the inside. It does. Had a chance. Those of you who who listen regularly know, I had an apartment that was where exactly where the Zaxby's off Union is, right? So that Zaxby's tore down my apartment to build a Zaxby's. But I was there, and I got to experience a lot of awesomeness in the Midtown area. So much fun. Had uh, It was looking like I had to move out of the Midtown area because the fiancé ended up getting a job in Oakland, and it was like, well, let's split the difference. I work here. You work out there. Let's just move to the, move to the Dover. And then, you know, we'll split the difference. And we can still visit Midtown every now and then. She looked at me and said, nope, I love Midtown too much to leave it. And so we, what we ended up doing is we ended up heading to the university district and just setting it down there, anchoring down there. And we love it. Love Midtown. Love Cooper Young area. I bet Cooper Young Fest is going wild right now you know what else i bet is going wild i bet liberty bowl memorial stadium is almost packed people should be walking in there now breaking down the tailgate stuff walking up walking into liberty bowl memorial stadium on a beautiful saturday in september getting ready for college football for a big college football game a nationally televised college football game against ucla and memphis so shout out to everybody walking in there and if you are in your car headed to the game hell what what, what are you doing you're supposed to be there tailgating in the morning i know everybody hates getting up early i understand that i appreciate that i know that and i know that tailgating in the morning doesn't seem right to some people but listen i graduated from tuskegee university the great the pride of the swift growing south tuskegee university and we are at our football games at seven in the morning and we're not even tailgating we're just doing student chants getting hyped getting excited for the game and the game doesn't kick off till like one (laughs) we're out there what's that five six hours we're out there five or six hours before the game kicks off just getting excited so i'm used to getting up early in the morning for college football games it wasn't until I got to Memphis and everybody, you know, started talking and tailgating and stuff like that that I realized that it's not typical to get up early in the morning for college football. And we were doing that for a D2 program. So if you're in your car driving to the game, good decision getting to the game because it's going to be a great game. Bad decision to not be there to tailgate, though. You got to get up early. Get up early. Drink you 
whatever your wake-up drink of choice is, be it Red Bull, Monster, coffee, get out there, eat you some breakfast sausage, some bacon, some eggs, get you some biscuits, drink you some mimosas or whatever you drink in the morning, drink you some of that, get down there, get excited, get to the game. It's going to be a great game. And one of the things that has me most excited about this game is that quarterback matchup between Josh Rosen and Riley Ferguson. I honestly think, just looking at the slate of games, I honestly think this game right here is the best matchup between two quarterbacks in the nation today. Because you got to look at what Josh Rosen has been able to do. 292 yards, folks. Not in a game. Not a game. We're not talking about 292 in a game, although that is impressive. We're talking about in the fourth quarter against Texas A&M. The young man threw for 292 yards in a quarter to lead a great comeback. Like that, that's just amazing and remarkable. And you think about what NFL scouts are saying about the young man, how outspoken he is about issues revolving, revolving, issues involving student athletes and the plight of the student athlete. You know, he is an an interesting person, an interesting student to watch. And you get to watch him come here and go up against your Memphis Tigers. And on the other side of the football for the Memphis Tigers, I know we don't know much about Riley Ferguson because Memphis ain't played but one game. And really that one game was a a diet monsoon, if you will. So we really don't know what to make of Riley Ferguson. But if you look at what he did last year, last year one of the premier quarterbacks in the American Conference, one of the best quarterbacks in the nation as well. And at home last year, he averaged three touchdown passes a game. That's wild when you stop and think about it. And and like I said before the break, one of just 18 quarterbacks to average 280-plus yards through the air last year, the entirety of last year. Again, we don't know what he is yet, but we all think he's improved. And if he's improved on those numbers, look out. Look out. That is that is Paxton Lynch-esque right there if he's improved on those numbers. I don't know if Paxton deserves to be a verb yet, but I'll do it. Paxton Lynch-esque right there with Riley Ferguson. We all expect him to have improved, and he's got a stud out there at wide receiver in Anthony Miller. Right? Just... Just over 800 yards away from breaking Duke Calhoun's record? Let that sink in. That record has been there for a minute. Just just think about that. That record, 2009. That's been, what? Let me do math real quick. Seven, nine, eight years? Eight years that record has stood. And he's on track to not only break it, but shatter it, right? On pace, Miller is to become the first Memphis Tiger with 3,000 yards receiving. That's not crazy to think. And he shows up in games where he is needed to show up. And this is a game they need him. This is a game they expect him to shine. And, yes, UCLA will be keyed in on him. Yes, UCLA will try and stop that tandem of Riley Ferguson and Anthony Miller. But if UCLA can't stop the run and they have to commit extra people to the box and they decide they want to double Miller, then the rest of the receiving core should have a field day. If they decide they can't stop the run, which, let's be honest, they won't be able to, and they're getting gashed, gashed. I'm not talking four yards here or there, five yards here or there. I'm talking whenever Memphis wants to, 10, 7, 15, 20 yards. You heard John Stacy say earlier, and if you didn't, I'll reiterate it. Daryl Henderson, Patrick Taylor Jr., these are explosive backs. If you can't stop them from making momentum-swinging plays and getting large chunks of yards, then you're going to have to commit somebody down to the box. And if you do that and you don't double Anthony Miller and you shift your focus from Miller to the run game, Miller should have a field day as well because he is that gifted of an athlete, that talented of a young man, and that good of a football player. And Riley Ferguson is a damn good quarterback, and he knows what Anthony Miller wants, where he wants the football, and how to get it to him. This Memphis offense is so good. 
and UCLA's offense is every bit as good. This is going to be an exciting football game we get to watch. Exciting. Memphis has got to figure out a way to slow down, contain, because I don't think they can stop them. They've got to contain Josh Rosen, Caleb Wilson, and Darren Andrews, and the rest of this passing game, to be honest. Wilson at tight end is good. He is real good. Jet Fish is the offensive coordinator for UCLA. I know Coach Fish because I'm a Michigan fan, and last year he was the passing game coordinator up at Memphis. And what did Memphis, not Memphis, up at Michigan, excuse me. And what did Michigan feature a lot in their offense? That big old, big old butt, baby. Jake Butt, the 2016 Mackey Award winner for best tight end in the nation. They featured him often, featured him a lot. And I think, I might be wrong, but I think Butt would have been the top tight end taken in the draft this year had he not messed his knee up in a bowl game against Florida State. That's what Fish likes to do is is get the ball to the tight end and, and let the tight end make some plays. Get the tight end down the field, stretching the defense. And guess who's good at doing that? Caleb Wilson. We saw him do it against Texas A&M. 15 catches in a game was a UCLA record, and that's the tight end. And then you look on the outside, way outside, with Darren Andrews, five touchdowns, 14.6 yards per catch. What? Every time he catches the ball, it's a first down. That is wild. That is crazy. Josh Rosen, just 14.4 yards per completion through two games this season. So every time he throws the ball in, it's called as a first down. This Memphis secondary has their hands loaded when it comes to this passing game. And if the the big hog mollies, as we'll call them up front, for Memphis can get a little pressure on Josh Rosen, that will go a long way. We saw what Texas A&M was able to do when they were able to get pressure. But it's, it's not just, hey, let's mindlessly blitz. It's not just, hey, let's blitz and hope we get there. You've got to be able to get there without committing too many people. Because if you commit too many people, the, Rosen's just going to air it out. He's good enough. He's a good enough quarterback to see the pressure and pit the ball in the playmaker's hand on the outside. And if you bring six and one guy misses a tackle on the outside, you're in danger of giving up one of those big plays, one of those gashers, one of those momentum-changing plays. Caleb Wilson, by the way, just 13.3 yards per catch and 119.5 yards per game. Best tight end in the nation, maybe? Certainly, I I would think would be the best tight end that the Tigers face this year. It's, It's going to be tough on them. I know John said, and I know that the linebackers are fast. I understand that the linebackers are the fastest that we've seen in a long time at the University of Memphis. But Caleb Wilson, standing 6'5", 230-something, is fast, too. And he's big. And he runs good routes. And as a linebacker, you're not used to chasing wide receivers around. And that's virtually what Caleb Wilson is. He's a wide receiver. And I don't think you can commit a safety to trying to guard him because the safety's too small. And as a linebacker, you want to hit people. You want to get involved in the run game. You want to smack one of those guards, one of those fullbacks. You want to hit a tailback or two. That's what you want to do. Running downfield with a tight end is not something, and especially one as gifted as Caleb Wilson is, is not something that you you do instinctively as a linebacker. And it's going to be difficult for them. It is difficult for them to contain, not stop. I don't want to, I'm not saying, I don't expect them to stop this UCLA, UCLA offense, but contain it. They've got to be able to contain it. Let them get all the chunks of yards they want from 20 to 20. But when they get into the red zone, like you got you to hold them to field goals. Or you don't let them get into the red zone. That's really what you got to do. You can't let them get to the red zone because UCLA is lethal in the red zone. UCLA is a perfect 100%, 10 for 10 in the red zone on the year. Nine of those being touchdowns. So 90% of the time UCLA gets to the red zone, they get touchdowns. So 
I'd say let them move freely 20 to 40. Because if you let them get closer than that, they're going to score. And when you get close, you've got to score. You can't trade touchdowns and field goals. That's not how this works. You've got to be able to score touchdowns if you're the University of Memphis when you are in the red zone. Because if you don't, UCLA will. And this game could get out of hand real quick. These big momentum-changing plays, the big gashers, the big defensive stops, that is what Memphis needs, right? And they need to control UCLA's big plays. UCLA can make a lot of them too, boy. Just thinking about some of the ones they made against Texas A&M. I know one of those. My man should have just had. If he squeezes the ball, it's an interception ball game. My man just lets the ball go through his hands. Usually receiver catches it for a touchdown. But you've got to. You can't have those type of moments if you're Memphis. Got to force turnovers. And you've got to control the momentum of the game. And another way you can control the momentum of the game, in addition to making big plays, getting big stops is your third down conversion, right? you got to be able to convert on third, on third down. More importantly, you've got to be able to get UCLA off the field on third down. That's something that the Tigers struggled to do against Louisiana Monroe for all the great things they did in that game. And, yes, I know it was a rainstorm. It was a diet monsoon, if you will. They still allowed Monroe to have a third down conversion percentage of about 55%. And you can't, you can't do that against UCLA. Because you, you, you're leaving the game in the hands of Josh Rosen. You want him to have as minimal an impact on the game as humanly possible. And in order for you to do that, that means you got to get him off the field on third downs. You can't let him be comfortable, like I said. But you can't just blitz mindlessly. You've got to be able to get pressure. I know that the Tigers are smaller than UCLA's O-line. In fact, UCLA's offensive line outweighs the Memphis Tigers' defensive front by about 50 pounds a person. That's tough. You've got to be, if you're an undersized defensive line like the Tigers are, you've got to be, got to be quick. You've got to be determined. You've got to be feisty. There's got to be some fire in you. And you've got to, got to, got to be able to get pressure on Josh Rosen without committing too many people from the passing game to rush. Otherwise, he'll sit there and pick you apart. And then you gotta, you got to force turnovers. got to get takeaways. And they look good at doing that. Again, die monsoon. But they had three forced, forced fumbles and an interception against Monroe. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. And if you're able to force turnovers and get some big plays from players like Daryl Henderson and Patrick Taylor Jr. in the run game, this game could be another one of those upsets that Memphis has become known for, especially since 2014. And you, when we talk about Henderson and Taylor Jr., we're looking at two backs with big playability, breaks, breakout speed, breakaway speed. As well, Henderson had two rushes of 50-plus yards last game. Taylor Jr. had one rush of 50-plus yards last game. This UCLA run defense is one of the worst in the nation, 116th in the nation. And if you can punish UCLA on the ground and make them commit, make them bring extra people into the box, Riley Ferguson at feast. Riley Ferguson will feast against this UCLA defense because he is every bit as good as Josh Rosen, and he can make you pay. He can. Don't forget, right, not only is UCLA's run defense awful, what did I say, 116 nationally, they're young in the linebacking core because Kenny Young is injured and Josh Woods is out for the first half because of a targeting penalty. Now, youth is one thing. Youth plus inexperience, that's something else entirely. And they are both young and inexperienced in the linebacking core. And that, my friends, leads to an offense, provided they keep Ferguson upright, that leads to an offense feasting on everybody out there. Five starters, game time decisions for UCLA. Like I said earlier when talking with John Stacy of the Blue and Gray Show, which you can listen to right here. Tomorrow, 5 to 7 on Sports 56, 87, 7 FM. Jonathan Wilson is out the first half. That's huge. 
that is huge. But O'Brien Goodson, last game, had a sack, two tackles for loss. He's got to step up. Christian Johnson has got to step up. That defensive line has got to be formidable up front. They do. I know they're small. They've they've got to find a way to get pressure on Rosen. That defensive line does. Because the second you start to commit other people, that's the second when Josh Rosen, he eats. And he's hungry. He's going to eat good. 67 and a half total point. That's over, right? That's got to be over. Yeah, that's that's over on that. Because these offenses are really good and these defenses are, they're not really good. <laughs> Let's just say that. Caleb Wilson, gonna got to find a way to slow him down if you're Memphis. And just think, just think about where this football program was. I was a writer for MemphisSport.com way back when. And I remember talking to Kevin. He's like, yo, I don't know what you're going to write about. It's like, well, listen, that makes two of us. And we would just go through and and do some of these rankings to try and, you know, because I don't want to write negative articles because I feel bad after doing that, right? Memphis might not be the team I cheer for constantly, consistently, but I live here. I When Memphis football is good, when things in Memphis are good, I feel good because Memphians feel good. It's great. And boy, they feel good about this football team. And a win against UCLA would be a big win. Now, where that win would rank all time amongst great Tiger football wins, I'm not sure. I, It's tough, right? Because for all the history and the pageantry that is UCLA football, it's not really a regional thing. A lot of college football is, is regional, who you beat in the region. And because UCLA is coming from so far away – I don't know where I would pit this. It's certainly not close to knocking off Ole Miss a couple years ago or Tennessee with Peyton Manning. I don't think it would be like knocking off USC from the 70s, if I'm not mistaken. But it's up there. It would definitely be up there. But where, though? I'm not sure if it it would knock off Houston from last year. When you think about Houston being a division rival for the Tigers. But that will be discussed at a later date should Memphis knock off the Bruins today at Liberty Bowl Memorial Stadium. It is wild to think about how good this program has been in big games. Again, 6-2 and two in nationally televised games since 2014. Memphis is a spot young coaches should want to go to now because of the success Justin Fuente had here. And what Mike Norvell is building here as well. And it's it's the catch-22 of group of five football, right? You want to be good, but you also want to keep your coach. Because if you're good, you got a good coach. But if you got a good coach, that coach is going to go to power five. And there will be some openings where his name will come up. You think about, depending on what happens down in Oxford, he might be up for that job. What what's going on at Arizona State as well, former offensive coordinator out there. I'm sure he still has some buddies out that way. Would he be interested in going back out to the West Coast? Who knows? You have to listen, though. Oh, the game is up on the TV. Somebody's getting some type of plaque. It's going to be a great game, man. I hate that I'm not out there. I hate that I can't be out there. But you guys are there. You guys are my eyes and ears. You guys are Memphians who are out there at the UCLA game. I thank you all because I live vicariously through you. And we live vicariously through the sports in the city. And right now, stop and think. Tigers football is struggling. No, Tigers football is fine. Tigers basketball is struggling. I'm so that's the thing. I'm so used to saying Tiger football is struggling, even though they've been good for three years, three and a half years, three and a half seasons. That's crazy. Tigers basketball is down. We don't know what to expect from the Grizzlies, and I'm being nice saying that. Predictions are not good for the Grizzlies, right? So much of the city's pride has come from that franchise in particular. Western Conference Finals. You have Mike 
Mike Conley, Marcus Saul, constantly in the playoffs. We're not sure if they're going back to the playoffs this year. When we look back on it, this might be, this game right here might be the last chance this year for the rest of this year. This game might be the last chance Memphians have to really rally around one of their local sports teams and really cheer for them and really feel good about cheering for them, right? Not hope that they win, not hope that they go out there and do something good, but expect it and and love it, right? Yes, they love they love the Tigers basketball program. Yes, Memphians love the Grizzlies. But those programs and well that program and that franchise it's down right now. They both are. I know Redbirds are doing their thing out there at AutoZone Park, competing for championships and whatnot. There's a lot of Redbirds getting the call up to, to the big leagues, man, out there competing for the St. Louis Cardinals. But it's just different. It's different. The city feels connected to Tigers football. They feel connected to Tigers football because they feel connected to the University of Memphis, right? You throw that M with that tiger on it, people are like, yep, that's my university. That's my city. They rep for me. I love them. And think about it, really. This game today is probably going to be, when we look back on, when we do a year in review in December, this game today is going to be a highlight from 2017. And here's hoping that it's a Tigers win that is highlighted. Fingers crossed on that. Because if it's not, I don't know when Memphians will really feel good or great about one of their sports teams. I don't. Grizzlies lost a lot. Tigers are rebuilding with Juco players. It's going to be tough. It's going to be a while. But here's hoping that tonight, well, tonight, this afternoon, in like 16 seconds, because it's almost kickoff. Here's hoping. Do you live in Memphis? Do you suffer from weekday boredom? Do you sit around on weeknights looking at your phone trying to find something to do? If so, ask your doctor about Cerrito Trivia. Well, actually, that might be a little weird. Instead, just stop playing on your phone and start inviting your friends to play Cerrito Trivia. It's more than just your average mind-numbing pub quiz. It's Trivia Night with questions and stuff you and your friends know and like. Featuring unique weekly themes including movies, music, 90s TV shows, current events, and more. All shows are free to play. For more information on locations, weekly themes, and drink specials, visit CerritoTrivia.com or like Cerrito Trivia on Facebook and browse the best team name Hall of Fame. And did you know Cerrito Trivia isn't just for bars and restaurants? Contact Cerrito Trivia at gmail.com to bring Memphis's most unique trivia experience to your next party, work function, rehearsal dinner, reunion, seminar, retreat, or special event. Cerrito Trivia is the perfect prescription for weekday boredom. Side effects may include wing prices, laughing out loud, high fiving, eating mass quantities of delicious food, consumption of adult beverages, rock, paper, scissors, and spending quality time with friends. CerritoTrivia.com.